We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek C. Apollo with the man, the myth, the legend, Norm Hightower, and our special guest, Ram Sky. We call him Ram Sky. Gentlemen, how are you today? Doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome, thanks. Good to be here. Let's jump right into it. The NFL this weekend, we didn't have the Rams around, and that left a lot of interesting football out there. What do you guys see as the good? The bad and the ugly. Let's go with the good first. Good. What did you see good out there? It was good that the Lions lost for the Rams' sake, I felt like. And good good that the Redskins took an L, too. That helps helps the Rams' case out there as well. Bad was probably um, the Texans' defense, <laughs> if I had to say it. Well, and I'd throw in there for the bad, the Miami Dolphins game. That was horrible. The other bad for me would be the fact that the Texans lost to the Seahawks. It was a good game to watch, though. The Seahawks game and the Texans game was a fun game to watch back and forth. Watching the Dallas game in the rain. We need a game like that once in a while. For me, good was the Seahawks game. I mean, it was horrible defense. We can talk about that another day. But the fact that, you know, we need a good shootout once in a while. We need a good game where the stars of the game really shine. And we saw that with Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. 
those kind of games are are amazing for us to have. Just um, re- recalling the Rams, Niners, and the the Raiders, uh, Chiefs. There's been a couple barn burners this year. It feels like, right? I think there has been, uh, but like this weekend, besides that game, were there really any other barn burners, so to speak? The Eagles put up some pretty good numbers. Well, yeah, but it wasn't a barn burner. I mean, unless you want to count the Colts and Bengals game. Yeah, not really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, the bad for me, I'm going to go with Norm's answer on this one. The Dolphins-Ravens game, that was just horrid to watch. Oh, geez, man. The hit on Flacco, just just watching him trying to get up from that, that's the bad. The ugly, I'm going to say this straight up. It's a tie for me between the 49ers and the Browns. Could these two teams be any more horrible than they are right now? Well, the 49ers are, are obviously not that bad because they came close to beating us. They have their moments, but they can't seem to put a whole game together. So I don't think they're as bad as the Browns. The Browns, I have no explanation for why they continue to be so horrible with all the talent they have on that team. Well, it's young talent. Yeah, they were they were against Minnesota. You know, they they actually I, I was up at six thirty West Coast time and actually watched the first half, hoping they could somehow maintain it. But the mighty Case Keenum got them, though, huh? Case, <laughs> okay, do we even want to go to Case Keenum? Oh my gosh! But you know. The thing with the Browns is this. The Browns, uh, Norm mentioned just now, there's talent there, but it's young talent, and it needs to be fostered. You're not going to get anywhere with the Browns' young roster right now unless you're actually fostering that talent. They're not doing that. You're benching Kaiser one half. You're playing him another half. You have to develop those players. You have to develop those leaders. I don't believe that's what the Browns are doing right now. The 49ers, well, yeah, they had that great game against the Rams. What have they done since? They're regressing in my view. sort of feel like the Niners are suffering from what we went through last year. I mean, obviously worse off, but uh, simply that you have hope in the beginning of the year and something to play for. But man, when you're like 0-6, it's pretty hard to hard to dig as deep, I would think, even though you want want to get off the snide. But it's hard, hard to sell that. I, I feel like with the Niners, though, I think Shanahan's going to be okay, but you simply can't run that offense without a quarterback, so they're going to have to wait. Well, yeah. that's a different conversation. Yeah, I, would you, uh, if you're looking at the NFC West three three years from now, do you think the Niners are more likely to be up there with the Rams or the Seahawks? Oh, goodness. Tough question, right? That's very <laughs> tough. Well, I, I'm going to go, I'll say the 49ers. I like where the 49ers are going overall. I like that they are making some moves, they're getting younger, they're playing, you know, a more of a smart role with the salary cap. They're so bad right now, it's hard to tell. We, we were expecting the Rams to be better four years ago. And now we had to wait all the time. If you're talking five years ahead, Russell Wilson would be five years older. So he may not be as nimble and as spry. So I would probably go with the 49ers by then. Well, I don't like the feel of the Seahawks roster for the long term. I really don't. You're talking about players who are going to grow out of their contracts, need extension. Russell Wilson has a, you know, a rather large extension as it is. There's trouble brewing there. There's something not right about that team. You know, the Seahawks, the Super Bowl winning Seahawks handled those Texans uh, a couple of years ago. Right. So I think the Seahawks have peaked. I think there's some trouble brewing for them in the future. To me, the 49ers, the Rams are probably the seat for the division right now. Well, they are trying to patch a few things up with Seattle this year. The Seahawks traded today for the Houston offensive tackle, Dwayne Brown, who played against them yesterday. So that's one of the areas that they really needed some help for this year. 
and uh, that's their attempt to shore that up before the trade deadline. What, what's uh, his health status right now? I know he's been, been on and off again with that. He seems to be healthy right now, and, you know, he is, I think he's, what, 32 years old? Yeah, he's 32. He spent his entire 10-year career with Houston. The Seahawks sent uh, cornerback Jeremy Lane to Houston along with a 2018 fifth-round pick and a 2019 second-round pick, according to Schefter. So, uh, that's, a, that's a heavy price, man. It's a heavy price, but I think they had to do it because they had to do something with that offensive line or they were going to continue to struggle. So it's good, good for them this year, but it may cost them in the next couple of years. And who knows, it being 32, how long he's going to last, if he's going to make it another year or not. I don't see him being like oh, Andrew Whitworth at 30-plus years of age. So I don't know if he'll, he'll last more than a year or two. So they're definitely grasping for some help right now with their O-line. And, uh, you know, this will, this will probably help them for the year. Well, also, too, hey, you know, just on the other side of the coin in the NFL, another thing mentioned that was ugly, this is kind of just moving forward a little bit of the news, but is the news. Zach Miller, the Chicago Bears tight end, I don't know if you guys saw that play, wrecking his leg. He's in emergency today, has emergency vascular surgery. Um, the effort was to actually save his leg, not just save his career, but save his leg. Did you guys see that play? Yeah, I did. It was gruesome. Fortunately, I missed that one. I, I don't think I ever want to see another play like that. Uh, and they have a touchdown ticket. It's just the, uh, the rotten candy. See, on top of that, unbelievable. When I was coaching high school varsity football, I had a player go down and break his wrist, compound fracture, and nick the artery. And it's scary stuff when that happens on the football field. So it kind of brought flashbacks back to me. But you definitely never want to see anyone get hurt, especially when it could be you know, limb-ending, life-ending, career-ending, any of those things. It was it was tough to see. And that hit on Flacco had you worried about that too. But, you know, before we go too far away from that, I want to say that, you know, I played linebacker and defensive end, and Flacco waited a little too long to slide. And it's awful hard, and it's hard to tell in a play that fast, you know, if Kiko Alonso had the opportunity to really slow down that much or not. So I, I don't want to say that, you know, Kiko Alonso is a dirty player because I don't think he intentionally tried to take Flacco's head off. I think it just worked out to be that way, and it's unfortunate. The Bradley injury last week was bad enough on, on the NBA courts. Now the NFL is taking over, huh? The unfortunate thing for the NFL is that you are always going to have an injury or two like that in an NFL season. You just hope it doesn't happen to your favorite player. You're hoping it doesn't. You, hope, you never hope it happens to anybody. But you're hoping it doesn't really ever affect your team, the players you can grow attached to, the players you get to know on, on a weekly basis while watching them take the field. You can only hope that this, that doesn't happen to you. So our thoughts and prayers are, are with, uh, with Zach Miller. We hope that he recovers quickly. And then maybe, hopefully, he can one day take the field. The big thing today, we're a little bit behind. We, we meant to have you on the show last week. Ramsky, what we want to know is, Tell us a bit about this London experience. How did you wind up going overseas for the London game? What was it like for you? I actually won, won the contest simply by putting my name and email address on, on a contest that was online. And when they called me to say that I, I won the trip, I, I would have thought they were joking. I was just at the mall with my wife. And um, it didn't seem real until I was literally on the plane. But it was it was real. And I, I got over there, and it was a great, great trip, man. I'd never been to London. It's a beautiful little maze of streets. You know, kind of, it's a cosmopolitan place. Kind of felt like L.A. or New York. But um, then you look up and there's buildings, you know, 
1400 years old <laughs> it's, it's a really really nice scenery good energy and i was impressed they really like the nfl over in london you know uh it, it's an interesting crowd it's a real real big mix uh of jerseys it's like the the fans just pick a team and then uh they all show up but but you know they were all waving their rams flags and it's impressive there's 82,000 fans there early you know better than i can say for our home fans you know the other outside the hard course and, and it was funny because you know i've always sort of scoffed at the idea of a team there but i think logistically it's it's a headache but as far as fan support goes i think they'd be um doing quite well and, and also as far as corporate sponsorship goes i think Financially, it would make sense actually. To be honest, if it, it London feels a lot like you're in a any other big American city. Only then you look around and and you know there's some some really cool old scenery, you know, and a couple funny slang words. But I could see it working if they could work out the logistics of the travel. That would be the, the main thing there, you know. Do you really think the players want to play in London every year, though? No, I, I would say not, especially based on Todd Gurley's comments that week, of saying it was horrible. But um, I think you look at it, the, um, you travel from the East Coast and assure those teams the bye week afterwards, it's, it would actually be kind of doable. And you'd have to have that team obviously travel to the United States and play, you know, three-game sets or four-game sets. So that would be the headache of it, of course. I don't know that it would work, but I, I'm just saying from a fan support standpoint, it would definitely work. I mean, if you put the, the Browns and Vikings in L.A. three years ago, do you get 82,000? You might. I don't know. Now you wouldn't because we're used to football again. We have the Rams. But um, I don't know. The support was great. That's, that's what I'm going to say. And, and they were educated about football, too. They, you know, I was, I was, I was kind of chuckling. I'm sitting there. I hear the guy behind me going, oh, yeah, I wish I had Todd Gurley on my fantasy team, mate. And all, you know, all that. <laughs> kind of a crack up, man. But, but they actually knew what was going on. So, you know, you can't knock them. Just a second, guys. Breaking news. The 49ers just acquired quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo from the Patriots for a 2018 second-round pick, according to Adam Schefter. Wow. Holy gosh. Is that their quarterback of the future, then? Because that's a lot to give up for. Second-round pick next year, that's an awful lot. Wow. That changes things a little bit, I guess. they got to believe Garoppolo's their guy. Isn't he due for extension, too? I think so. Well, you know, that it's funny we were just talking about it and it just came across the wire. So I just didn't mean to interrupt your London conversation because it's good conversation to have. But, you know, breaking news, that's uh, that's right into where we were just talking. So I thought I'd share it. It's an upgrade for them, I think, you know. What can you say about well, it? Well, my now deceased grandmother right now would be an upgrade for them. So. <laughs> so one more thing about the London thing, at least in terms of teams, I kind of go with, with Skyrim on this. The idea here would have to be, for me, you need, if you're going to expand to Europe, you would have to put four teams there. You need to have a whole division there so that they would not have eight row games in the United States. You'd have, what, one, two, three in Europe as row games. You have shorter trips in between, like divisional games would be in, in the U.S., and then you have two longer road trips going to the United States that would make up the rest of your row games. I, I think that's how it would have to work. The same thing for American kids coming over. You're just going to go spend a month over in Europe. You know, not a month, but, like, you know, if you're going to play that division, you're going to play, you're going to play two teams in that division if you are in the same conference, and you're going to play four teams in that division if you're going to, um, if you're playing that division in your AFC, NFC rotational year. So you, you can make it work, 
but having one team over there carrying the burden of all that travel, I just don't see how it's logistically possible. You have to expand a whole division over there. I agree. Right. And But I'm not sure. Then again, it's like you look at it, I think London is a mega city with a lot of money in it, and there's not a language barrier to where those fans can, can watch Jay Glazer give his reports and things, you know? I don't know that there's another city that works over there. Uh, you know, Paris uh, is a great city. It's the language thing. I'm not sure they want they want to buy into the American stuff as much in Paris as they would in London. More of a barrier there, you know. Well, I would go London. I would go Berlin. I would go possibly Glasgow, believe it or not. Big sports city up there. Yeah. Um, they support two Premier League slash teams up there, and then the... it would either to me be Paris or Rome. What Rome about... has a very good American background to it down there. What about Dublin? Never thought to. The, you get the Irishman on board with a football team, and you'd have one hell of a party there. <laughs> Too much of a party. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, speaking of Glasgow, I did see a, a Rams fan walking around with a kilt and a Rams jersey. That was pretty cool down the <laughs> down region avenue. <laughs> I guess the question I would have for you is: you, you talked about this mixture of of NFL fans are wearing all these NFL jerseys. Um, how many actual Rams fans did you did you meet there? Okay, well, first of all, there was more Cardinal fans there. That was one thing that was kind of disappointing. But, I mean, you look at it, and the Rams have, have sort of uprooted from their fan base twice in the last 20 years. So I guess it's sort of expected. Plus, you know, they haven't been doing a lot of winning till now. And this is so the beginning of the year. So there were more Cardinal fans, even though it was a Rams home game. And uh, there, But there were some Rams fans there, for sure. There was, you know, there were some guys, and they, they do a good job. They have, they have their uh, old throwback. Chuck Knox type jackets and John Robinson jackets. You know, they, they obviously they must have gone on eBay or something or just been old fans. But there was definitely some some Ram fans there to slap five with, you know. And um, the neutral fans did a good job of, of you know they were doing the old Coliseum whose house Rams house chant and they got pretty vocal at the end. So I you know I would say probably out of the eighty two thousand fans there there was about uh, you want to say. A little under 10,000 Rams fans, maybe. And then I would say there was about 20,000 Cardinal fans. And then the rest were just Vikings and Dolphins. But, you know, the one thing that's sort of disappointing is that the Rams have played there the last couple of years. So you'd think that that base would be built a little more. Because you see the other teams that have been there seem to have left their footprint. You see a lot of – well, the Dolphins got the Ajay uh, connection there. But, um, you know, you, you would see a um, fair share of Jacksonville jerseys and things like that as well, Vikings. So I would have expected a few more fans over there, but you know we're still Rams are still branding, if you will. So I, I think that'll that'll come. Um, although that may be the last London game. Kevin Demoff was saying next year they're looking um, to play in Mexico, so they'll that do, might be they'll it. Do better in Mexico. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, the, and the, well, the health contingent will travel to Mexico for sure. But London is a tough trip, you know, from the West Coast. Although, like I say, on my plane there was plenty of Cardinal fans, and they they had a long flight home too. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know that's the, the other thing it made me think about is, is simply that you know sometimes at the Coliseum we I think we get frustrated that there's usually um, a, a pretty good visiting contingent there um, usually you know about thirty percent of the crowd but uh, I think it's kind of kind of the nature of, of how it's going to be because you get in these these big cosmopolitan cities London New York LA especially LA where we, our teams are still new there's going to be a lot of people. Uh, from these other cities, and also it's a destination to travel. I, I think it's just kind of like 
we need to let that idea go and just worry about are there Rams fans there. Inglewood, I know they're trying to go with the idea of accommodating, you know, just general fans, random fans who want to come and look at their fantasy teams on their phones, have good food, see some football. And I think that's sort of what it is, the, the, the experience in in big cities. You know, it's not going to be that way in Kansas City. But, you know, the 49ers crowd is kind of the same way now. I think the, the, the larger cities like that, it's going to be that way unless, you know, if the Rams really get it cracking and they're in the playoffs every year, it's going to, you know, they're going to build that base quicker. But in the meantime, I think it's going to, L.A. and London kind of are parallel in that way. You see a lot of a lot of people from all over there. And it, it doesn't, it's not an indictment on the city. It's kind of more like what's cool about it in a way, I think, if we can wrap our mind around that. Were there any watermelon heads in London? No, you know what? The farmer's markets there only have pumpkins. It was, it was a bit of a TSA issue, too, bringing, bringing a mel- carved-out melon to London on an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should, it would have been hilarious if you'd gone Pumpkinhead instead, but, you know. But, hey, just real quick, just to kind of go back there, I, I honestly believe the reason why the Rams are struggling, as you're saying, to gain fans in London is Cronky. The original selling point was Cronky owns Arsenal, owns Arsenal out there. And that influence is going to draw the team. Well, Cronkies virtually hated by the vast amount of Arsenal fans. They blame him for all their struggles. They blame them for all their issues and why they haven't won the Premier League. And I think that spills over to the Rams in London. I really do. I mean, you can go on any board, any Arsenal board, go on to any, you know, Arsenal podcast and listen to how they talk about Cronk. He does not have a good reputation there. Well, I'm sure that has something to do with it, but... The Rams, when they have played there, pretty much stunk it up until this year. So I think that might make a difference, too. I, I'd be willing to bet after the game they played there this last time, there's going to be a bigger fan base there based on that now, if I had to bet. I'm sure they won over some people with that performance. They put a heck of a performance, man. Yep. Yeah, also, it's, I think um, with a lot of these people, they adopt players, you know. They have favorite players, and especially because of fantasy leagues, but the Rams haven't really had a guy like that too much, lately. you know, in, in recent memory. I, I think Gurley's becoming that guy where everyone's going to scramble to get Gurley now on their teams, and, you know, they'll follow the Rams consequently. But, you know, Aaron Donald, he's, a, he's an interior lineman, so unless you're a, an actual football head, you know, you might not gravitate towards that. Before we move on, let's get a word for our sponsors. The Gold Ram Barbershop over at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California, 92683. It's owned by Sal Martinez. He opened up his barbershop the day the Rams left in 1994. He's held the door open ever since. He's kept the lights on for Rams fans. Great prices. Give, you can get an appointment with him real easy, 714-894-7267. Hours are usually open 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Go in there, get a great haircut at a great price. Take a look at that museum he's got in his store. It's Rams everything. Rams autographs, Rams pictures, Rams jerseys, Rams, Rams, Rams. It's just a great experience. Go in there and talk Rams football. He opened that store for you, the fan. Take a look. Again, it's 714-894-7267. Oh, and if you are interested in sponsoring Rams Talk, please join us. We would love to be on board with you. We'd love to work with you. We're at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with us. All right. So, guys, we're looking forward to this Giants game real quick as we, as we get ready to sign off today. 
What are you expecting this weekend out of the Rams going to New York? Another road trip. I see the trap game, especially because the Giants have given them problems in the last few years. Where do you see the game going? It does have trap game written all over it. Although, I'm a little bit reassured by McVay having two weeks to get him ready for the, for the Giants. you gotta got to believe giving McVay two weeks is a pretty nice boost for the Rams um, schematically. Uh, but it will be a slugfest. I think it'll be a tough game. I think the Rams are a pretty high-character team that, that's, that isn't as likely to slip as they would have been last year. Last year, they would have lost this one for sure. I think they're going to pull it out, if I had to guess. But um, I, I think we got to take it real week by week still. This, this is still a work in progress. And um, so far, indications are that they won't fall asleep at the wheel. But Giants' defense will be there. And Goss going to have to keep, the, keep composure. I, I think they're going to have to establish the running game early and then work off that. Um, if I was to predict, I think uh, we're looking at, you know, something like a 23-13 type, type victory. But nothing would surprise me. I have to take into account that they're, which they've been winning without them. But, you know, Odell Beckham's out. Brandon Marshall's out. They don't have the firepower that they generally would have against us. So I think that'll help. And I think they're going to try to pound the football down our throats. So if the Rams defense can continue to step up and play good run defense and and put some pressure on Eli Manning, I think we'll be all right there. The question is, can our offense produce against them? And we've faced some tough teams this year defensively, and we haven't fared very well against them, but we've done all right and held our own. So I agree. I see this as a trap game, but I I still see the Rams winning this one uh, 27-21. Oh, you're going to make me put a prediction in? I was waiting for the actual preview podcast for prediction in. I'm going Rams 21-10 because I feel peer pressure. I have to say something. The Rams, to me, it's all about pressure on Manning. If they pressure Manning a lot, if they get to him, this game's going to be this going to be a sleeper in my view. They just got to get to Manning. They give Manning time, then then things change. Okay, one more question for you guys today. We just we just talked about two trades. One trade being the Texans to uh, Dwayne Brown to the Seahawks. Now it's the 49ers trade. Trade deadline is tomorrow. Will we have a Rams trade? Well, if anybody if anybody's going to go, in my opinion, it's Tavon. So if they're going to if they're going to trade and try to make a splash anywhere, they're going to trade Tavon somewhere. But I really don't see a team wanting to pick up his salary for a decoy slash uh, sometimes explosive runner, muffing punts, fumble guy that's not returning punts anymore. So you know, I I mean. I think that's the only person I could see them trying to unload. Now they may try to go pick somebody up and use some picks, and I wouldn't mind seeing them getting another corner. But other than that, I don't really see anything happening. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think they'll find a taker on Tavon. I agree. But that being said, I do think that although he's grossly overpaid, that um, I think McVeigh's kind of taking a liking to Tavon lately in the offense. He's obviously not worth worth what they pay him, but he he is a nice change of pace, though. Actually, out of the backfield, no? Yeah, he's he's actually been more worthy as a running back than a receiver for us, for sure. Since he can't catch. (laughs) To me, to me, that's exactly what he is. You get him in the the backfield, work him as a running back, give him a lot of slot a little bit, move him around there, here and there, here and there, here and there. All of a sudden, you have the player he's going to be in the NFL. I wish he had better hands. We've seen it in the past. We've seen what he can do on kickoff returns. Kickoff returns. We've seen what he can do on punt returns. It's a crying shame this guy can't catch a ball like a champ. 
the sky would be the limit for him if he just had that focus in those hands uh, to, to make a difference. I agree with you guys, though. It's going to be hard to move him. I, and I actually don't see the Rams making any moves at all. I don't. I, I think with the limited amount of draft picks they still have next year, um, they've already made a couple moves here and there. I just don't see them making any other moves at this point that would cost them probably draft picks. Yeah, it feels like their the rotation has absorbed the easily injury on the line. <laughs> they, they have a nice nice little trickle of talent down there with Smart and uh, Walker. Walker, by the way, man, that guy should be a, a volleyball player. Did you see all those those little swats <laughs> we got on Palmer last week? Yeah. And Randy Phillips out there, man. Yeah, I think they're set. I think they're set. And, they, you know, the big thing with this defense is just keeping that gap integrity with the linebackers. It seems like when they do that, they're pretty tough. They're pretty tough. They're taking it to a new level. I think smart, I think Tanzel Smart's been a big plus this year. Tyron Walker coming back has also been a big plus. I really don't see him needing anybody on the defensive line. Safety, you know, with Johnson playing really well right now, I, I don't think we're desperate there. We could use a little more depth, but I don't think we trade for depth. You know, the only thing I could see is maybe picking up another corner, and I, I really think they're pretty happy with what they have. The only thing I'd like to see with Tavon is, you know, he's been – getting outside doing what he normally does and that's great but he's taken a lot of times where he's just gone right out of bounds instead of trying to cut it back up the middle and i don't know if he's been told to do that or not but i I saw several plays watching the film over again where you know he could have cut it back inside and probably got five ten more yards so i'm worried about Tavon's production and especially for what we're paying for him i just don't know how we solved that issue this year and i think you're right i think mcveigh kind of likes having him there as a decoy and for certain specific plays. Did he, did either of you guys see the uh, Rich Eisen show? I didn't know. At the end of the show, uh, they were showing a play that Snoop had drawn up. Snoop Dogg had drawn up on the board. And he asked, he, he asked McVeigh if he might think about running it. And, uh, you know, I'm curious to see if we'll see the Snoop play in the, in the game this weekend. It involved marijuana? The gym and juice, right? Yeah. <laughs> Did it, did it involve a joint or a roach clip? <laughs> no, it was it was like a double 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 handoff fake uh, wide receiver reverse. Wait a minute, can I say that? Is that politically correct? What marijuana? I, oh, I mean the roach clip and everything. Can I get in trouble for that? Oh no, especially since oh. since our company is has been based in Oregon, it's legal in Oregon, so we can talk oh, about okay. it. Okay. <laughs> would never call it that in his Chino Pop Pop Warner League, I'm sure, but but the Rams can do it. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, this brings us to the conclusion of this episode of Ramstock Radio. For the man, the myth, the legend, Norm Hightower, for the Ram Sky, this is managing our Derek C. Apollo. We thank you for joining us. We'll see you midweek for Rams versus Giants. control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed.
You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.